Councilman Caleb Collier said. I'm proposing that the city of Spokane Valley issue a proclamation stating that our city is a Second Amendment sanctuary city. Today on Church and State, we'll be joined by Seth Gruber of the White Rose Resistance. Hello, Christian Patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. I'm your host, Caleb Collier. With me, as always, Pastor Gabe Blomgren. Once again, your favorite far-right shock jocks and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis. And you know the only podcast that's going to hit the most controversial subject, faith and politics, and put Jesus smack dab right in the middle as a referee. Amen. Hey, uh, go on over to churchandstate.media and take advantage of all of our shows. You're going to want to upload this show and share it with everybody, because this is a fantastic fantastic message that every single Christian American needs to hear. Also take advantage of all of our fine affiliates. I'm not going to go through them because I'm very excited to bring on our guests, but you know them, you love them, and you use them. So make sure to do so and use that promo code Church and State. Last but not least, if you want to get a hold of us, Church and State 1776 at Proton.me. With that, I'm going to bring on Seth Gruber. Now, Seth Gruber, if you're not familiar with the White Rose Resistance and uh, what he's been doing uh, to fight against really what is genocide uh, in this country, and, and really even around the world. Uh, abortion is the number one issue that Christians need to engage in. So, Seth, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on Church and State. You too, guys. Good to hang with you. Thanks for fighting the good fight. Um, we're at a pretty late hour in the American culture war, and it's, it's time for people to wake up, um, but not because it's about us, actually. It's, it's not about our sacred rights. Although I'm a patriot, I love this country. It's not about um, making sure that we can live out our final years comfortably um, and, and keep our right to bear arms and our free speech. Um, that's all wonderful, right? It's not about that. It's actually about just stewarding what we've been given, being faithful with what we've been given, um, and, and to ensure that our grandchildren don't curse our names um, for being apathetic, silent, cowardly men in these days. Um, you know, we all think that we would have been the kind of men who would not have tolerated the injustice of slavery, who would have not have tolerated the genocide of the Jews. We all think we would have been those kind of men. Um, well, the answer to that question actually is the degree to which you engage this evil in America today and all of its various evils that have trickled down from our tolerance of killing children in the womb. So, so good. Yeah. Good um, to be with you guys. Yeah. yeah thank you. So I, I wanted to, uh, for some of our audience, they might not be familiar with the White Rose Resistance, what it was and why you took that name to fight against abortion. Can you explain that for us? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we know many of the heroes of the faith, but in our day and age when um, Americans and American Christians are largely detached from the history of our faith, um, the history of ideas, actually. Um, we, we've forgotten a lot of heroes that I think we need to remember and honor and study um, to find strength for our souls in, in these evil days. And so everyone knows the name Bonhoeffer, right? Everyone knows the name William Wilberforce, Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, Oscar Schindler, Um but very few people know the names Hans and Sophie Scholl, uh, Christoph Probst, Alexander Schmorell. Uh, these were kids in their 20s, um, some of them like a decade younger than me. Uh, they were 20, 
21, 24, 25, 26. And they loved the Lord. They were Christians. They were very honest about that. We have many of their letters proving this. And they were living in Munich in, um, during the Third Reich. And in 1942, a young woman named Sophie, a 21-year-old, was walking the streets of Munich and found a leaflet on the sidewalk. She picked it up and it said, Leaflets of the White Rose. Um, this is 42, by the way, guys. So <laughs> the Jews have been wearing the yellow star for about two and a half years or more. Um, they're already being killed, actually. It's the same year Margaret Sanger changed the name of her organization <laughs> from the American Birth Control League to Planned Parenthood. Um, to deflect criticism from her involvement in the eugenics movement, because uh, Hitler gave the phrase eugenics a little bit of a negative connotation. Just, just and a little bit. So yeah. <laughs> she she changed the name because everyone knew the American eugenics, the American <laughs> Freudian slip. Everyone knew that the American Birth Control League um, was completely in bed with the American Eugenics Society, the eugenics movement in America. Like, like everyone knew that. The American Birth Control League and Margaret Sanger was the eugenics movement in America. So she goes, oh, shoot, Hitler. <laughs> so she changes the name to Planned Parenthood. Well, that same year, that same year, uh, this 21-year-old young woman um, is reading a leaflet that says, we are the White Rose Resistance. We are your bad conscience, and we will not leave you alone. They said things like, we are Christian and we are German. Therefore, we are responsible for Germany. They said things like, do not hide your cowardice behind the cloak of expediency. Um, they said things like, if you know, why do you not act? I mean, this was a late hour in the Third Reich. And it, it bears repeating. It, it bears repeating to your audience, brothers, that this is this is not detached from the broader secular, humanistic, sexual, moral revolution. Um, this has always been the same battle. It just it just has different iterations. So what what do I mean by that? Well, I don't know. Dred Scott said the black man's not a person. The Heskerich, the German Supreme Court, said the Jew is not a person. And Roe v. Wade said the unborn is not a person. Literally, like I'm not just like embellishing this point. Like those decisions literally said that those victim classes were not persons. So anytime you rip the term human from person apart, you rip them asunder, you can justify killing those who don't meet the litmus test of the, the elite's litmus test of personhood. Uh, what else do I mean by this is the same battle? Uh, I don't know. The, the abortion pill in America today, RU486, um, stands for Roussel Ukloff, the French pharmaceutical company that wow. invented the abortion pill. Roussel Ukloff has a majority shareholder. Today in 2024, their majority shareholder is Hookstay G. And Hookstay G was the co-founder of IG Farben. IG Farben was, the, uh, uh, was a German chemical company that created a cyanide gas known as Zyklon B the poison used to get, uh, kill Jews in Nazi concentration camps. So, so Hookstay G simply shifted from creating poison to murder Jews to creating poison to murder babies. It's the same stinking organization. What else do I mean? Oh, I don't know. The, the first uh, board member for Planned Parenthood when it was founded in 1921 was named Lothrop Stoddard. And Lothrop Stoddard was a high official of the Massachusetts Ku Klux Klan. Yes, the KKK. Um, and he wrote a book called The Menace of the Underman. Ooh, who's the underman? Why are they a menace? Uh, he meant black Slavs, Italians, and Jews, and the mentally and physically disabled. They're, they're the underman. Ooh, and they're a menace. That was the title of his book, gentlemen, The Menace, The Menace 
of the underman. So Hitler's chief racial theorist, Alfred Rosenberg, um, and if you're, if you're a student of history listener, you should know who that is. Alfred Rosenberg appropriated the German term Untermensch, Untermensch, from the English version of Lothrop Stoddard's book, meaning meaning underman, translated to Untermensch. Untermensch, the title of Heinrich Himmler's famous, famous Nazi propaganda book. It was titled Untermensch. It means subhuman. Mm. Guys, the Nazis got the term subhuman from Planned Parenthood's first board member, Lothrop Stoddard. They were such a fan of him that, guess what? They invited him on a journalistic interview tour in the Third Reich in 1939. And to our knowledge and to my, my research, Lothrop Stoddard is the only American to have had a one-on-one -on -one meeting with Hitler after he rose to power. Let me say that again. The first board member of Planned Parenthood is the only American we know of to have had a one-on-one, face-to-face -on -one, -face meeting with Adolf Hitler after he rose to power. He wrote a book about it in 1940 called Into the Darkness, Nazi Germany Today. And when you read about his meeting with Hitler, it's hard not to blush the way he talks about this man. And then Hans F. Gunther, a race anthropologist who received the Goethe Medal for Science and Arts, it was a eugenics award that he received from Hitler himself, Hans Gunther referred to Lothrop Stoddard as, quote, one of the spiritual fathers of Nazi Germany. All right, I think I've given enough examples. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that I'm not telling you the story of the White Rose Resistance just to rile you up into a frenzy so you support my ministry. What I'm saying is it's actually really important for you to know these stories because they were facing the same evil, right. the same ideology, not because Seth Gruber said so, but because the freaking Nazis said so. But because they saw it as the same ideology, because they were calling Planned Parenthood's first board member the spiritual father of Nazi Germany, because they saw what he was building in America and said, come to the Third Reich on a journalistic interview tour. And they gave him amazing journalistic preferential treatment. That guy had access to all the halls of power in the several months he was in the Third Reich in 1939. I'm saying it's the same battle because they say it's the same battle. They view it as the same ideologies. And if you don't recognize bad ideas, if you're not prepared, Christian, to understand from whence these ideas come and how to preach the full counsel of God against them, how to contend with, with demonic principalities, with doctrines of demons, then one day that ideology will come home to roost. And, and one day you will find you will wake up and find yourself labeled as unfit to live, as undesirables. Hillary Clinton just said a few months ago, she says we have to deprogram MAGA Republicans. We got to deprogram them. Yeah. Well, guys, that's the language of like communists that run gulags. I hope you understand that. Like she's not joking when she says these kinds of things. Anyway, so that that's why that's why you should listen to what I'm saying right now, because the Nazis viewed it as the same ideology that we're facing. And so this 21-year-old, her heart is stirred to action. You know, she 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 dared to tell the truth. And, and she demands to join the White Rose Resistance. Um, she's reading this leaflet, gentlemen, and she's like, this sounds a lot like my brother Hans. He's spouting <laughs> off like this at dinner all the time. It sounds like one of his rants at dinner. Why does this leaflet I just found on a Munich sidewalk sound like my freaking brother? Well, come to find out, the White Rose Resistance had not only been co-founded, it was being run by none other than her older brother, Hans, a 24-year-old young man who was just trying to protect his little sister. He knew how dangerous political resistance was in 1942. He didn't want his sister Sophie involved. Well, she demanded to join, and she became the youngest member and the only female 
of the White Rose Resistance in Munich. They spent the rest of 42 staying up late writing, printing, and distributing anti-Nazi leaflets all around Germany. It was a social media campaign pre-digital age, and it's why we today are a digital media uh, ministry that, 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 that creates activism and resistance. All of the education and exposing evil and, and getting our allies and the church to have the tools in their hands to expose evil is to incite resistance. It's to get you to get engaged against the culture of death. And then in 1943, they took things to the next level. And on February 18th, 1943, Hans and Sophie, brother and sister, walked onto the campus at the University of Munich. Uh, this was a very dangerous thing to do. If you don't know your history, listener, um, let me remind you that the universities had been co-opted into obedience or silence. Sounds just familiar. like the clergy, yeah. just like the actually just like the pastors and the churches. And during class time, when the halls were quiet, they started distributing their illegal leaflets all around the university, where I was just standing in December for my film coming out that we can talk about later called The 1916 Project. And then in this iconic scene, Sophie, this 21-year-old, walks to the third floor balcony of the University of Munich, and she starts throwing hundreds of leaflets down to the atrium below like snow. I mean, paper's going everywhere. The janitor caught her in the act, called the Gestapo, and Hans and Sophie were arrested within a few minutes. Uh, they spent the next four days uh, at Stadengard Prison. Uh, it's still a prison, actually, which is pretty wow. gnarly. We were just filming outside of there. The prison they were imprisoned in and killed in is still a prison. It's still an operational prison. And uh, they had their heads chopped off four days later. Um, and in, the, in that prison cell, um, I believe the Lord spoke prophetically through Sophie, um, probably Hans as well. But Sophie had a, had a cellmate named Elsie Gebel, who later survived the Holocaust. And so she, months later, after she worked up the courage, she wrote letters to Sophie and Hans's parents um, explaining every final moment of their daughter's life um, in that prison cell. And um, I, I think Sophie was asking and facing the same questions and issues we're facing today and asking today, which is, how did we get here? Mm -hmm. Like, how did this happen so quickly? Well, it didn't happen quickly, right? It happened gradually, then suddenly, just like bankruptcy. And I think Sophie was, um, was kind of in the same position a lot of us in the church are in right now, which is, wow, like, we tolerated evil, and then it took over really quick. And there's actually a lot of consequences for your children, your neighbors, freedom, life, liberty, sanctity of life. Like the, what happened in Germany, guys, could happen here. I mean, I, I don't know why we're so foolish to think that human nature has somehow changed. It's just our form of government that allows um, us to keep evil at bay a little longer, which keeps us more asleep at the wheel to this agenda because it moves more gradually in America. And so uh, here were Sophie's final words, and then I'll, I'll toss the ball back in your court. Um, on the eve of her beheading, um, this is what she said. She said, uh, the real damage is caused by all of those millions out there who just want to survive. It's the honest men and women who just want to be left in peace. Those who don't want their little lives mm -hmm. disturbed by anything bigger than themselves, those with no sides and no causes, those who won't take measure of their own strength for fear of antagonizing their own weaknesses, those who don't like to make waves or enemies, those for whom freedom, honor, truth, and principle, it's just literature, those who live small, die small, 
you see it's the reductionistic approach to life. If you keep it small, church, you'll keep it under control. If you don't make any noise, the boogeyman won't find you. But it's all an illusion because they die too. Those people who roll up their spirits into tiny little balls so as to be safe. Sophie said, safe from what? Life is always on the edge of death. Narrow streets lead to the same place as wide avenues. And a little candle burns itself out just like the flaming torch does. But I choose my own way to burn. Um, who talks like that at 21, gentlemen? Right. That sounds like um, G.K. Chesterton or Winston Churchill, actually. That's not normal. That's a young woman with the lion of the tribe of Judah roaring inside of her to say, get off the bench, get onto the field of battle for your king, and watch how I'll move through you because obedience is better than sacrifice. Uh, you know what? Nothing changed. No one woke up, and Hitler's genocidal, maniacal holocaust continued for another two and a half years. But while, while rose blossoms perish in the fall, they reappear in the spring. And so maybe all the members of the White Rose Resistance were found and executed, but their sacrifice planted the good seeds of resistance in our hearts today, whose actions will keep alive the legacy of the White Rose. Um, their bravery and courage has awakened millions today to our evils and our responsibility to engage. Um, the Lord works in, in mysterious ways, and, and, and maybe they never saw the fruits of their labors here on earth, but they're in the great cloud of witnesses today, cheering us on, reminding us of our duty, um, and, 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 uh, and I, I think we've been missing out on the greatest adventure um, through our apathy and our silence and our abdication. Um, we've been missing out on the greatest adventure which is when we move and we're obedient and we push back against evil and we contend, the Lord works some pretty cool miracles. Um, he could end all these evils, but for some reason he allows them. And for some reason he, he waits for his people to get up and move. So um, as, as I typically am on podcasts, I just got on a soapbox, but that's yeah, that the story good. of the White Rose resistance. That's what we're, what we're rebuilding today. Um, and that's why we must learn not just the history of bad ideas, but of the saints and heroes who came before us. That's good, yeah. Seth. I got a question. There's a verse. I don't know. Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 4. It says, in your struggle against sin, you have not resisted yet unto the point of blood. Paul, Paul right. throws it out there. Eventually, hey, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna bleed some blood. Right now, the American church is afraid to even get a blister, you know, let alone yeah. shed blood. What are your thoughts on now, of course, Roe v. Wade has been given back to the states, so a lot of Christians are under the illusion, hey, we won, this is over. And Donald Trump himself will, will be the first to tell you how, you know, he put the judges in and he got this. And But the yeah. reality is, is now abortions are probably even higher and, and almost dangerously done more on, on, a, on a, you know, a scheduled basis now in cities where it, it really was maybe 100. Or, now it's 200, 300 abortions in a city. It's very dangerous yep. now, and it carries even worse. You know, is yep. the work done? Yeah, no, no. Actually, the overturning of Roe versus Wade was actually the beginning of the pro-life movement because now it's been taken out of 
the federal courts um, in this ridiculous, the most ridiculous decision probably in American political history, right up there with Dred Scott, um, just legislating from the bench. And, and so now it's been put back in the hands of the states. So now the battle begins, gentlemen. Uh, buckle up. It's more dangerous than you thought. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, Gabe, you, you talked a little bit about the church, and Gabe just brought it up as well. Um, one of the real big frustrations that we experience as, as Christian patriots that, that really want to see the church engage and, and really believe that that's our calling, right, that we should be engaging in what's going on culturally to take a moral stand. Uh, but there are so many churches that either they're operating in a spirit of fear or they, they say, you know, we're not going to preach about that. That's not in the Bible. You know, Jesus is love. We put him in that box. We don't let him out of that. Right, right, you know, right. and, and I know you go and you tackle the subject a lot, but I, some of our audience may not have heard your speeches on this subject. So I'd like to turn that over to you. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to say. Um, I, I, lo I love what my pastor, Rob, Rob McCoy, says. He says, the church in America seems to wait downstream to pick up human heartache that they helped create through their political apathy upstream. Uh, listen, uh, Christian, it's a wonderful thing to launch a soup kitchen for the poor. You know what's better? Advocating for good policies uh, and building a strong economy that allow the poor to pick themselves up. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful to help post-abortive men and women heal from the trauma of having helped murder their child. Do you know what's better? Making abortion illegal yeah. so they would have never had to go through that heartache in the first place. It's a wonderful thing to help gender-confused minors who no longer have their genitals um, and won't be able to be a mom that breastfeeds their own children um, heal and find restoration. You know what's a better thing? Getting involved politically to ban those surgeries and throw those doctors in jail for life. Mm -hmm. Listen... We have been waiting downstream in the American church, and we launch our ministries of mercy downstream to pick up human heartache and help people feel really good. Meanwhile, a lot of their heartache and a lot of the evil they had to go through could have been prevented if the church had a chest and was bold enough to contend for God's ideas in the public square. Listen, dominion is inevitable, church. I've been, I've, been, I've been starting to say this a lot in the last couple months. Dominion is inevitable. What do I mean by that? Um, I mean the libertarians are full of it. <laughs> it's actually what I mean by it. <laughs> yeah. I, what I mean by that, oh, yeah, your producer liked that one, is that, is that actually there will not be a pluralistic society where we all learn how to get along. Hey, listen, you chop off the, the penises and breasts of minors. Just don't make me pay for it. Hey, I, I, I don't want to kill babies. So you can do it, right? This is the Nikki Haley, Mitt right. Romney kind of right. Republican, right? Like, hey, what about those babies conceived in rape? Oh, yeah, murder them, says Nikki Haley. Oh, yeah, who cares? Like, but hey, hey, just don't make me pay for it. You know, like, guys, that is, that is a, you can, you, <laughs> you can put the neutral public square up on the shelf with Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy. That's what I'm actually trying to tell you. There, there is no neutral public square. It will not be achieved. I'm even saying that that the boomers who thought they had achieved a neutral public square in the 30s and 40s, I guess that's another generation back, um, they thought they had achieved that. That's just because America was still mostly moral mm -hmm. and most Americans were functioning off of a Judeo-Christian worldview, even if they weren't believers, right? Even if they weren't, you know, regenerate, 
Christians. They were still they were still functioning off of a morality that they were borrowing from the Christian worldview. So we had the appearance of a neutral public square. But it was always it was always an illusion. So, someone's ideology, someone's worldview, and someone's religion will inevitably be <laughs> be applied to the public square. This is a constitutional republic. Okay, we're gonna have to figure out how to all live together and get along. Uh, Aristotle said, "Statecraft is soulcraft. Statecraft is soulcraft. Meaning, meaning through its laws and policies." Uh, uh, Politics actually creates culture. Now, we all know the Anthony Breitbart line, right, that, that politics is downstream from culture. And that's true. But culture is also downstream from politics. It's a two-way street, guys. What are some examples of this? Um, uh, I don't know. Roe v. Wade. Did you know the median average, the median average of annual abortions, the, the median number of babies being killed once a year before Roe v. Wade, so in 70, 71, was like 98,000. Do you know how many babies we started killing every 12 months by 1975, 1976? 1.6 million. Okay, so yes, Anthony Breitbart was right. Politics is downstream from culture. But in that case, culture was downstream from politics. The law politics, making abortion legal through all nine months of pregnancy for any reason or no reason at all, affected the culture. And the abortion skyrocketed. Same thing's true with Democrat policies in 2020, where you could loot and burn and pillage if you were wearing a George Floyd BLM shirt, and no one was prosecuted. So what, what happened? Did we get more or less lawbreaking? We got more lawbreaking. That's an, that's an example of politics affecting culture. So it's actually a two-way street. So when we disengage and we say, I just preached the gospel. I really liked Andy Stanley's new book, Not <laughs> yeah. In It to Win It. And I really want to be invited to Davos when Rick Warren gets invited next time. And, and you, you accept this myopic, truncated gospel of it's just the message of salvation. Apparently, these believers, they, they think that God can save souls, but not civilizations. Right. They think that his ideas are wonderful enough to save you from the fiery furnace, but not enough to rebuild a culture of life. These people functionally believe or they functionally act as if they don't believe that biblical principles are as good as pagan principles to arrange how society operates. And so when we abdicate that responsibility of, of seeking to influence secular governments for God's purposes, then the other side picks up the reins of power that we let go of because we read too many Tim Keller books. We were too pious and self-righteous to get involved in the business of politics. Guys, power like money is neither good nor evil. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Power like money is neither good nor evil. They're tools. Yes, the heart is an idol factory. Yes, you can be you can you can become idolatrous in your love for money and your love for power and and lose lose your focus on your savior. But 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 if you have rightly ordered affections and rightly ordered loves, then power, like money, can be an incredible tool for righteousness. And we actually have an obligation 
to get godly men and women elected and and primary and kick out every demoniac pagan who mm. believes that chopping off the penises of children is healthcare and ripping them apart in the womb is healthcare. Have you noticed, believer, that Planned Parenthood and the culture of death, have you noticed this? They, they call both the genital mutilation of children outside the womb and the dismemberment of children in the womb healthcare. Who's noticed that? Am I the only one here? What do they say? They say it's gender affirming care. Healthcare. Yep. Healthcare. And what's abortion? Reproductive healthcare. 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 Yep. So when people tell me, Seth, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, your pro life lane, I'm like, why doesn't the culture of death stay in their lane? Why doesn't Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry stay in their lane? Why not? Because for them, it all goes together. Because for them, their false pagan religion is big enough to encompass all of the various uh, sacraments of their pagan religion, their highest political priorities. Come back tomorrow for part two with Seth Gruber. Church of State is sponsored in part by Patriot Church and the Constitution Party. I'm Pastor Gabe, and a calm does not suit me. I'm Caleb Collier. I was born for a storm. Welcome to the fire. The doctor that I recommend for all of your needs is the underground clinic doctor, Dr. Troy Spurl. Because Dr. Troy is the best doctor bar none. You know, this is the great thing about officialsignups.com is it's in all 50 states. You don't have to be in, in Michigan or Minnesota. You can be in Hawaii, you can be in Florida, and you can find a doctor that you can trust. If you are still wearing a mask, if you have rolled up your sleeve and gotten all the jabs and all the boosters, then official signups is not for you. You want to go find the, one of those big pharma doctors that'll give you all the prescriptions you want and you can live a very sickly life well if you're looking for a, a doctor for yourself or maybe you're a doctor for your family or a doctor who's not going to push vaccines on you you want to go to officialsynapse.com you for sure need to mention church and state when you go to officialsynapse.com to take part in all the savings all the great deals for you and your family with the rise of the BRICS nations uh you've got a lot of nations that are gathering together and they're all doing a gold-backed currency the United States is not, and uh, the petrodollar is starting to fail. And my suggestion to all of you would be to get behind gold and silver because that is the currency that is always going to have value. I might not be a gold or silver guru, but I want to have something tangible in my hands at the end of the day. So I would definitely recommend every one of you go to BH dash pm.com all you got to do is look around and see that the price of of everything is increasing gold and silver is on the rise it's being artificially suppressed you want to schedule a consultation right now so that your families don't end up in the bread line and you're saying please sir can i have some more stop waiting what are you waiting for four years from now prices are going to be absolutely astronomical go to bh dash pm.com get a consultation now you definitely want to mention church and state it will get you the best prices it will get you the best consultation advice use church and state when you go to bh-pm.com you do not want to eat synthetic meat if you if you can grow a meat in a lab if, if you want to go ahead and have soylent green on the table feel free to eat this garbage that target's trying to throw out but if you want actual meat that's been freeze-dried it's been then processed by actual human beings Go to griddownchowdown.com. Look, the World Economic Forum has declared a war on red meat. They hate the cows. They hate the cow farts. There is supply chain issues. And uh, for me, you can pry my steak from my cold, dead hands. If you want a meat that's going to last freeze-dried 10 years or more, 
this is the product you want. I want all of you to go to griddownchowdown.com. Use the promo code Church and State. These are fantastic freeze-dried raw beef. The blood is still in it. You just rehydrate it and add it to your favorite meal, and you are ready to go. And remember, the Holy Word of God tells us, for one person has faith to eat all things, while another who is weak eats only vegetables. That's Romans 14.2. MyPillow.com has got more than just pillows. You've got your slippers, your bathrobes. You have towels that actually dry you off, not the kind you buy at Walmart where it's just kind of a slick mess. Uh, they have got some of the best products out there. The sheets are uh, absolutely incredible. I think it's a thousand count. It's, it's the best products you can buy. And the pillows even have silencer technology in it. And so if, if you need a day where you're just gonna scream into your pillow, don't worry, your neighbors won't hear you. Why would you wanna go to Bed Bath & Beyond? First of all, they're out of business. You wanna go support an American-made product, go to mypillow.com. And then you're also supporting one of the nation's most, I would say, Jesus-filled and a company that is completely, completely built on the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you're getting a two-for-one there. You know you've won a good night's sleep for years. You, you're, you're, you're tossing, you're turning. Just go now. Go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code Church and State. C-H-U-R-C-H-A-N-D-S-T-A-T-E. That's Church and State. This was sacred to God. Now this is exactly why I need some action for my people. Hello, everybody. It's an honor to be with you.